more people. Like I remember when when you found this out, you were pretty shocked. I was, and I was. And I, the first thing you said I was, was "What can I do?" <laughs> yeah, you were pissed, and you said, "What can I do?" Welcome to CMTW Podcast. Okay, we are with Emily Farish today. Emily Farish has a practice in Washington State, fittingly called Emily Farish Acupuncture. That makes sense. <laughs> and um, today we're going to talk about different things that uh, Emily and I and others have discovered over the recent months about what's going on in our field. But we want to also talk about not so much focus on that, but also what we can do about it, how we can navigate the waters right now and, and, and the political landscape and what's going on. Um, I, do want to re, I do want to rehash out something, though, Emily. I want to uh, just ask you what you've noticed, found out, realized, however you want to put it, about what's going on in, in the field and, and what you thought about that and what it drove you to want to do and, and how to address this. I know there's a, that's a loaded question, but when did you find out and what was the most stunning thing you found out about what's going on in our field today? In terms of uh, policy and hi, Josh, I'm so hey. happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, great. absolutely. Uh, so I would say I've been, so I was licensed in 2012 and um, I, I, through my my friendship with Chris Valesky, he told me about Chinese Medicine Network seminars. And he basically talked, he's like, you got to go and take this seminars for about a year. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And finally, finally, I just said, okay, fine, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I'm so glad that I did because I'd never been a part of uh, a support group that had talked about joining your sort of association, joining your state association. Mm-hmm. Um, and also becoming the best that you can be at your field and, and, and setting yourself, you know, apart, especially in a climate where basically everybody wants to practice acupuncture. Let's just face it. That's what's happening. It's phenomenal. Um, there are very minimal side effects. And rarely do you see in a profession where when people receive acupuncture where they just don't feel better, people generally, they, they feel really good. And it's very cost-effective. So obviously, I can see why from different medical professions, from their point of view, they also would like to increase their scope of practice. And also that brings in more revenue. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking to my mother this morning, and she said, well, how did you know about this? And I said, well, I was actually in Syracuse at a Chinese Medicine Network seminar in New York where I learned about what was happening in my own state. Mm-hmm. And where I think you had mentioned, Josh, about the fact that the, the nurse practitioner or the nursing board in Washington state was pushing uh, heavily along with the PTs, but different arguments to practice acupuncture for the nurses. They wanted to practice medical acupuncture and the PTs in Washington state want to practice dry needling. Right. And so, of course, that really piqued my you know interest saying wow i had no idea which prompted my my reaching out to wiama the washington east asian medical association uh, which i've had a really positive 
um, relationship with, with, with communicating and, and, and setting up talks. Cause I live on the opposite side of the state. They're on the West side. I'm on the East side. And so it's several hours, you know, of, of driving. So me going over to the West side is, you know, it's not as common. And so being able to coordinate talks over the phone, um, it's been really, really positive and, and, and understanding the political climate. Basically, to summarize it, uh, I believe, and I could be, and, and please don't take this, this is not all fact here, but I think at one point in Washington State, the PTs either could or were in a position where they they were just about to practice dry needling. I can't remember because I had, I, I had just um, moved back to Washington State, and it was from there I learned that the PTs were not able to practice dry needling anymore. And how do I know? Well, I was at a booth. I was at a, a marketing event for the clinic that I was working for. And I had a physical therapist commit up to me who was totally enraged. And I had no idea, right? And he said, I can't, you know, he was so angry at me because I had taken away his ability to practice dry needling. <laughs> Really, he's he's enraged about it. He came up to me, yeah, and this was my first like one-on-one, -on -one, and I and, and I was gosh, this was in like 2014, maybe I can't remember. It was, it was a few years ago, and so oh boy, yeah, and I remember, and I said, well, gosh, you know, I so appreciate the work that you do, and I refer to physical therapists all the time, so thank you for what you do. And he turned to me and. And he said, well, I guess you just don't, you're not really interested in arguing, are you? And I said, not really. <laughs> I totally diffused it. I did. That's awesome. And that was my first, and, and then that's when I said, wow, I don't, what is this dry needling? You know, what is it? You know, and so that was when I was first exposed to it. And then um, I, <laughs> I worked for Bob Dunn for a couple of years, and he had told me about his experience uh, meeting with the governor and basically from what he's communicated with me he had helped shut that down basically for the physical therapist mm -hmm. and now it's come back and from speaking with the president of the Wiyama board you know she basically her name's Karis wonderful human being does wonderful work she said you know what it's just going to happen the PTs are going to take it and the nurses are going to start in January and I said are you serious she said yes and so it was, uh, she said, so now we're in the face here of really coming at it from different angles, which is one, increasing our scope of practice in Washington state to making sure that the PTs and the nurse, I think it's advanced nurse practitioners define um, where they get their training and what are they actually practicing. And she said, the nursing board is quite powerful and they're self-regulated. And I don't really know what that means or entails, but from what I've gathered is that there's not a lot of checks and balances. Like they basically just submitted to the Department of Health, we're practicing medical acupuncture as of January. Didn't have any outline, didn't have anything. And so what the WIAMA board is saying, the Washington East Asian Medical Board is saying, let's define what your training is and what you're actually allowed to do. And they were saying, and so then there are these people who've come forward saying, well, we'll teach the nurses, we'll teach them TCM and acupuncture in 500 hours. And she said, you know, the nurses aren't dumb. They're just really ignorant. She said they're so ignorant that they don't understand the vastness of Chinese medicine. And she said, even with working with medical doctors that can, that can practice medical acupuncture or acu I don't even know in 200 hours, she says, once you talk to them and they realize the vastness of what this entails, they're, you know, they're like, whoa. You know, because that's that's the truth here, is that people are professions are wanting to you know increase their revenue, 
uh, but they don't understand the vastness. And so she basically was saying to me, we have to educate other practitioners saying, this is a different medicine and this is very complementary to what you do because your patients actually get better when they come and see us and we are the experts here. And this is why. And if you take a two to 500 hour course, you know, that is not Chinese medicine here and or acupuncture, depending on how you want to define it. You know, it's not. And even in the realm of acupuncture, that's, there's so much more to that. And I really appreciate that she said that. So the goal in Washington state over the next three years is one increasing membership. So for example, in the state of Washington, there are 1600 licensed Chinese medicine practitioners or acupuncturists, depending on however you want to say it. Only 270 are members of the Washington East Asian Medical Board. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's how it is across the U.S. with membership. It's 10% or less. It's, um, or 10, what is this, about 15% maybe? I don't know, whatever, but it's, it's, it's as low as 10% in a lot of states too. Yes. I mean, and this is what has to happen. It's it's abysmal. It's, it's. It's shocking. (laughs) What what you end up having is a relatively few people trying to put in the time, effort, energy, and money needed to defend the scopes of practice of thousands of practitioners, many, many practitioners. You're you're asking a relatively few people. You're asking a relatively few uh, people to do this. Yes. Uh, Whatever, whatever I'm trying to say. It's, It's just, it's... It's a lot of work because, yeah, join your association, and that's definitely required. That helps with the financial aspect of it. Then you also try to, like, you're actually making phone calls and asking questions and, and getting involved. We need more people. Like, I remember when when you found this out, you were pretty shocked. I was, and I was. And I, the first thing you said was, pissed. what can I do? <laughs> yeah, you were pissed, and you said, what can I do? You yeah, asked, absolutely. And, so, and ever since then, and I think during this podcast, we'll find out you you were asking a lot of questions and, and thinking about ways of navigating this, the, yes. the, the, the field as it is today yes. with the policy changes, with the other uh, pr- professions infringing on our scopes. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? So 270 out of 1,600. Yes. In Washington State. Yeah. So, so then I, I asked her, I said, can you send me a list of people who are practicing on the east side so then I can either personally go and talk to them right. uh, or call them up, you know, and just say, please join as soon as possible. Because she's basically said the more members that you have, it looks good when you go to the Department of Health and when they're when they can go and say, we have a strong organization here. Absolutely. You get more funding. She was saying, I don't know, that's just what she was saying to me. She says, we, we get more representation. She's like, we need to have, we have one lobbyist in Washington State. We have one lawyer on call whenever we need him. She said, but this is what we need is one, we need the participation, uh, people to join. Two, we need to educate other um, healthcare providers, practitioners, that we are who we are and that we are specialists and that we are not trying to conform saying like she was basically saying the naturopathists kind of did themselves in where they they studied the western herbal herbalism model saying well this is how do i say it chinese medicine is in its own field and and we should be sought after so it's not we're not trying to 
squish Western medicine or take place of Western medicine. We're, we're adding in. So it's, she was saying, we're something where we're complementing things. So she was giving an example of how timid we are as practitioners. She was saying she was speaking to this professor at such and such university and how this MD was communicating with him and saying, well, um, I like to prescribe this patient Chinese herbs. You know, what do you recommend? And the practitioner was too basically upset by saying, you know, that's under my scope of practice and I'd like to take that patient and actually, I'm not going to tell you what to prescribe them. That's basically what he was saying. Right, hell no. He didn't. And she's saying, we have to take a stance in that way to educate other practitioners saying, we have this body of medicine that is old and very complementary to Western medicine, but it's not taking, it's not a cut and paste type of thing. So when you have nurses and PTs, however they choose to define whatever to either increase, increase their revenue and say they do this and this and this, they need to say, you know what, actually, this is the expert over here and how we define it. Because we are. And, and just like if I have a patient who I feel um, I don't know how to help in such and such way, guess what? I'm going to refer out. And, and I've run into this with a lot of my VA patients <clears throat> where they've gone to their battlefield acupuncture, which is, is extremely helpful, right, under certain cases. But a lot of them have basically said that didn't work, and they thought that that was what acupuncture was. And they were never educated that's a about problem. the fact that a traditional acupuncture could help them in, in different ways. And then they became my patient when I spoke to them. And I educated them, but not the providers, because I never even got to say, but those providers didn't say, you know what? Gosh, you know, I just know these few points in the year. I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's not helping you. Let me refer to a traditional acupuncturist who can actually treat the whole body, do this and this, and who actually knows. Well, and who know a lot of other acupuncture systems. Yes, and absolutely. The, the thing is, is that we have enough of that in our own field, and we've been working diligently over the last few years to try to get people communicating, practitioners communicating with their patients better so that the patient's not a flight risk after just a couple visits. And then they go out and say, I tried it, it didn't work. Because yeah. no way in hell did you try even a half of one or 1% of what is available to us. And so as practitioners, we need to be able to refer a patient out if it doesn't fit our skill set. It's okay. Refer somebody down the road if they're an orthopedic specialist and you, and you specialize in fertility and GYN, for example. And this doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to take on some cases of pain, some cases of orthopedics, but if you don't have the continuing ed in it and you have continuing ed in other areas, then refer out. It's okay. Because if, if you take something on, yes, to an extent, we have to be general practitioners. But we also have those patients that we really enjoy seeing, those conditions and, and diseases and, and that we really enjoy seeing and working on. And also certain clinics have, you know, you, you've been in practice, you'll have an influx of people. Maybe suddenly you're just inundated with orthopedic patients and maybe yeah. you're inundated with GYN patients. So then sometimes you start specializing for that reason. But at the yeah. end of the day, you're a GP but I think specializing is key. And I don't mean specializing in 10 different things. I mean, really honing in on one or two. Yes, yes you can treat, but 
if you have somebody that you're not comfortable with, refer out. Why? Because the stake of the reputation of the profession, yes. the, repu the, the reputation of the profession is at stake here. Um, I've obviously been watching Star Wars and I'm like, <laughs> oh God. Um, but seriously, the reputation of the field is at stake when you let patients walk because you did not give them the proper treatment plan or lay out expectations or communicate with them effectively and just come back as needed or come back whenever you want to. That doesn't cut it. We have to, so we're addressing that aspect of it, but now you're going to see, Emily, as you noted, as you mentioned, other professions doing that as well. And then they are speaking for us. They're representing acupuncture for us. And what they say is gospel in a lot of cases. So yes, we absolutely need to go mainstream. And the other reason we need to go mainstream is because acupuncture is a segue into Chinese medicine, yes. Chinese herbal medicine. And we have a lot of practitioners out there who went through all that, all that education, taking the tests, and then they use it very little in their clinic because there are challenges associated with that. But there are a lot of people that are, that are doing just fine. Um, absolutely. So it is possible, right, to do very well with Chinese medicine. It is absolutely possible to practice Chinese medicine and acupuncture and mm -hmm. absolutely possible to specialize and to redefine amongst the umbrella of other people just saying, oh, acupuncture for pain or whatever. Right, uh, right. That is extremely important to be able to address pain effectively. Absolutely. However, in the climate of other professions... Um, being able to practice acupuncture, and this was this was just really disconcerting. Learning about the nursing board because they're self-regulated. So what that means is, they basically submitted saying in January we're going to start doing this, and then I said <clears throat> in the conversation, who's going to be training these people, and <laughs> what are they actually going to be learning? And and the conversation that I gathered was that they also kind of wanted to practice that they were also going to be taught traditional Chinese medicine. I said stop. That is like me going and taking a 500-hour course about drugs, right, Western pharmaceuticals, and then saying, okay, now I can prescribe them. I said, there has to be checks and balances so that we are still seen as specialists, and this is who you refer to, so absolutely educating other Western professionals, right. increasing our scope of practice, which is also WIAMA's goal. For example, I'd like to be able to order lab reports. In California, when I was in school there, um, at the time, we were licensed as primary care uh, professionals. So I learned a lot about looking at lab. We had to. And, and my school focused you know, heavily in, in Chinese herbal medicine as well. And so then, of course, the argument was, well, you're just practicing Western medicine, you know, but that's not true. This is a check and balance. Every profession needs to have a check and balance. Right. More information is better to serve a patient. Uh, and, and so this is the goal in Washington state over the next three years is increasing membership, mm -hmm. um, educating Western medical practitioners about who we are, what we do, why you refer to us, and our patients and the public, how to effectively educate so that they know, oh gosh, absolutely, I need to go to him or her, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The third, but not, and this is not necessarily in the order, is getting licensed, you know, uh, Chinese medicine professionals in hospitals. And 
having them in that realm. So instead of them seeing it as taking away from us, we're going into their field. We're going into where they practice. We're the experts there. We're saying, oh, okay, you know, you only know about these four gates, for example, or this and that. Um, we're going to practice in hospitals. And we're going to be able to say, you come to us for this. We practice alongside the, the Western medicine medical, excuse me, Western medicine practitioners. So then we are seen as a part of that instead of separate. Right. So I think, I think that's a really good point. Um, in my conversation with Kara, she was saying, we have to get into hospitals. We have we to do. get, in, we have to go into where they are and say, yeah. we are seen, we are heard, and this is who we are. And we're the experts here. You can take your 200 hour course, but guess what? She was saying that in in Washington state, at least the cases of pneumothorax were quite frankly, MDs. She was saying, I'm sure there were exceptions, but she was saying, because they weren't trained, right? They weren't, they weren't in clinic. You know, if you think about it, a Western medicine doctor is incredible with, with drugs, with interpreting um, imaging, that is what they are trained to do. It's wonderful, right? I would absolutely. But if you take it, if I took a 200 hour course in terms of how to manipulate the spine, I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't even do it. Well, yeah, there's this idea that I think we have that medical doctors somehow are exceed everybody's capability with palpation, anatomy, you know, needling. It's like, no, they are no more. We're much more adept than uh, working on the body than than unless you're an orthopedic or unless you do somebody that does a lot of injections and you understand things like that. Yes. But no, I mean, those are specific specialties. They have that knowledge. The great yes. majority of other practitioners, including MDs, are no more. I mean, one of you know, they, they absolutely there have been, and I don't, I don't like this. I don't want any injuries to happen by any profession. Absolutely. I'm not a big, I'm not a big proponent of talking about the dangers. I think it's, I think within our field, we know that they exist when other professions try to do this with little training, but I don't want acupuncture to have a negative connotation because at the end of the day, I think acupuncture is what suffers and not necessarily that one profession. Absolutely. Oh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Oh, look, they're hurting everybody. I don't want to go that route because at the end of the day, there are plenty of incidents that have happened by acupuncturists as well. Absolutely. Um, and we yeah. understand very well doing the type of work we do with continuing education and seminars that not everybody can needle the orthopedic needling let me put it this way orthopedic needling requires a certain set of skills you know that you get that. absolutely so i don't know where i was going off on that tangent but let me bring this up um i saw on, i'm gonna pull this up uh on facebook it's a actual advertisement the balance system it's um shrunk down. American Academy of Medical Acupuncture, so the AAMA, yeah. on their Facebook page is advertising for a workshop on the balance system. Wow. So they're being taught actual. So with the nurses, if they get 500, 500 hours, that's their gateway. Yes. And then they're figuring, I just need the basics and we know that that's not nearly enough, but they will be eligible to do continuing education, and there are plenty of people out there who will provide it. Yep. Um, so 
that that's that's another thing, right? I mean, here they're they're going to start learning these other systems of acupuncture. Yes, that, absolutely. That, but at the end of the day, I 100% agree. You brought up two really good points. One, the other professions should not speak for us. They don't know what the hell it is we do. Maybe they know on a superficial level, but they don't understand the depth and the you know how expansive it is. Right? It's yes. the expanse of what we of what we do. Um, they don't know. Why are they speaking for us? And they just they they don't they don't have the type of training. We definitely need to get into hospitals and mainstream. And there's a group of of us practitioners, um, many who we know and love. But they don't. They're just why do why do I care? Well, because when you have more acceptance at all different levels of the field, that benefits everybody from the top from the top down. Absolutely. Uh, you know. So yeah, those, those are a couple really good points, important points that you brought up. And yes, and and also that there are there. I mean, there's just so. It's such an incredible time to get involved in whatever way, shape, or form, locally, statewide, and nationally. And and I feel like Washington had this stereotype, which is true. Oh, yeah, they do great things up there. Well, they do. But what happened is, I think it's kind of like a little mini microcosm for what's happening nationally, I think, in all fronts. I think people just kind of went to sleep and then we, now we have all of these issues that happened that just kind of blew up. And, and now it's, it's really this incredible time to come together for the benefit because what's happening is students who are now graduating are going to be in a much different playing field than practitioners who graduated 20 years ago. Those people have an established practice and they are known in their area. But if you were graduating, let's say from Bastyr or PCOM or whatever, and you're just, you know, fresh out of school, got all this student loan debt, and you're setting up your own practice, and then you learn that guess what? There are nurses, PTs, MDs that can do what you've just spent all this time doing. It's a much different playing field, and that's why it matters. Oh, yeah. You can't, you cannot even take a, a, a day off. You know, I think you're right. I think a lot of people figured, ah, it's being taken care of. It's all good. We have nothing to worry about. It's a constant, relentless onslaught. And you mentioned something, Emily, that I don't want to forget, and that's the, it's the importance of expanding our scopes of practice. Absolutely. If they're expanding theirs, why shouldn't we expand ours? I mean, hello. I, you know, it, it's yeah. like, why should we sit back and be like they're just either just winning left and right? Well, we can play on their own playing field, and the only way that that is going to happen is if we actually come together and join. And it does; it really matters. I mean, even even speaking with Kara, she said, you know, if we can show that we have such and such many members, that plays a huge role with with our ability to get funding to to have another lobbyist. We have one lobbyist in Washington State. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's basically saying to the nursing board, why don't you define what your scope of practice really is? Because you basically just said we're practicing acupuncture, right, <laughs> or right. medical acupuncture, and defining, okay, so what is medical acupuncture versus acupuncture? Well, that's just it. Like this thing, this ad that I just talked about on Facebook, it's for the balance method. Right. So no, medical acupuncture is just essentially going to include all the acupuncture that we can do. Right. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. So they absolutely need a definition of what the heck it is they plan on doing. And that's what we're going to try and demand in Washington State and say, what do you define? Because you can't just, who regulates who here? 
you know, and are you going, because basically the nurses are saying, and this is nothing against nurses. It's a, it's just a well-organized board, you yeah. know? Well, it's, it's a dig I, against us because we're yeah. not as organized. Exactly. They're just saying, Hey, we know needles. It's the same thing as acupuncture because we know how to uh, provide injections and we know that. So we are totally well-versed in this department. So acupuncture, needling, same thing. That's what we do all day long. So we get to, we get to provide this service. In the end, it's about increasing your revenue, right? And, and retaining your patient you know, population. As, as, as watered down or straightforward as that sounds, yeah, then why would they not, why would they be doing it? You know, if you have a staff that you have on salary and you can have and perform many different types of uh, medical services, it is well within your interest to have uh, employees, medical professionals that have a huge scope of practice. Sure. And that's what they're talking about. They're saying, oh, okay, we want the nurse to be able to prescribe medication, advanced uh, nurse practitioner, uh, be able to do acupuncture, provide this type of shot, this and that, all in one visit. And, you know, another thing that I really want to harp on, and I think we have brought it up in the past, a couple of podcasts that we've talked about this type of stuff, is the fact that, oh, yeah, all this great stuff is going on. Oh, yeah, like acupuncture is being looked at by the, you know, the more like mainstream medicine, you know, and they want to, you know, um, incorporate it more. Oh, they're bringing it in the hospitals. That doesn't mean that licensed acupuncturists will be the one <laughs> doing it. Right. Like, okay, so there was somebody put an ad up or, or a post up. They share the post. And they're like, hey, uh, Children's Mercy Hospital, I forget the state, is, uh, has acupuncture. This is great, right? I read the article. It's MDs. Yeah, absolutely. With so, two, yeah, with their 200-hour training. And I'm sorry, but we should be a little bit, you know, um, we should be a little bit, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say offended. I don't like that word. But we should, be, we should stand up and say, hey. We should be offered they, that first. We should be offered that. They're representing acupuncture. What the heck are they even doing? <laughs> they should be, we should be offered those positions first. Because they should say our preference is to have someone who's had X amount of training. Yeah, right? they don't. They, right, they, Emily. They don't even take don't that even into. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is where we have to go. It is is the education to defining yeah. and specializing, basically saying we are the experts here, and this is how we how we define it. Well, yeah, we, we could be indignant and offended as long as we want, but that's Absolutely. not going to do anything. We need to actually. Um, do something as you were starting to say. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's, so it's basically in, in Washington State, our goals are, and, and this should be said nationally, because one, as, as we understand, you know, if, if something affects one state, it's going to affect other states as well. So, for example, it is um, increasing membership, getting more and more um, people involved, educating mm-hmm. patients the public, including Western medicine practitioners, about why you refer to a Chinese medicine practitioner slash acupuncturist and when. Um, Having us in hospitals, but also having us uh, offered those positions first and having that set up, uh, I would say, if possible, legally, uh, you know, saying basically, if a medical establishment desires to have acupuncture services, then it is, 
it is the preference of the establishment to hire such and such, you know, mm -hmm. first round. I don't even know if that's possible, but that's what I would like to see. Uh, and, and saying, yeah, actually, I would want to have someone who is specialized, had this amount of training, fantastic. Yes. This is a system. This is not a cut and paste thing. Oh, it's a needle, it's an acupuncture. It's like, well, okay. It, there's so much fastness to it. So that's what we were saying for the scope of Washington, and I hope that is the scope nationally as well. I think it is, and I think um, the ASA, I consider the national organization. They, if you're a member of your state association, which you should be, then the chances are uh, that you're more than likely a member of the ASA as well, but you may not, not, may not be. Not all states are yet have that relationship with the ASA, and but they still represent collectively with by having all the state associations on board, 5,000 plus acupuncturists. There is no state organization that comes close to that. Yep. They are definitely working on some of these things, um, especially the getting more into mainstream, getting more accepted, getting more, you know, uh, obviously national issues. So Medicare um, and um, things like that, which again, you may not want to take Medicare. You may not want to take insurance. You may not want to ever work for the VA, the DOD or the hospitals, but this is those, they provide great jobs for a lot of people who want benefits and secured income and Absolutely. just <laughs> not everybody wants to go out and hang their shingle out. It's a pain in the butt. Not everybody's good. It at is it. a pain in the butt. I certainly wasn't good at it for many years. Yeah. So these are still good things that we should all be wanting because it's good for the field, even if it's not directly benefiting us. It's, it's so important. I mean, how, I mean, yeah, as you just said, it, it's really hard running your own practice. It, sucks. it does. I mean, life is, well, life is, life is challenging anyway, but right. running your own practice is, it's hard. It can and be, sure. It can be. And, and, and there's pluses and minuses, but there's also, if you were working for a place that, you know, you receive benefits right away, um, you're part of a, you know, a group of other practitioners. I mean, why not? Why can't we have all opportunities presented to us? And that's what yeah. I want for our profession. Straight up, you know. Absolutely. Opportunities. That's what I want. And that's why join your state association, but also start being part of committees. So we talked about, okay, what is their role? What, what is the differentiation between board member versus a committee? And so we talked about what are the hours involved and how having more bodies, people together is more effective than not having anyone at all. And it's really not that bad if you have more people joining to help with specific tasks, right? So for example, the hospital, you know, that's a big project getting, um, acupuncturists into hospitals, um, creating, you know, statewide uh, educational pamphlets that you can give your patients, that your patients tell their, their friends, their loved ones, giving educational pamphlets to Western medical uh, practitioners about uh, why refer to this, to a Chinese medicine practitioner, acupuncturist. It's very, very important. I can tell you, as soon as I talk to my patients about what's going on, they're upset, and they say, I wouldn't ever want to go to someone with that minimal amount of training. You know, I like coming here. I like coming to your clinic. I like what I, what I receive. It's important to me. And so that, I mean, those are the people that you, those are the consumers. Those are the people that will also support us mm -hmm. going forward. 
Yeah, so the other part of this podcast that we should probably get into is, okay, there are so many ways of navigating the current status of the field and where it's going. Yes. And we can see where it's going and what's inevitable. Not to be negative, um, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of, uh, this is amazing what's been accomplished um, at the state and national level, given the lack of involvement by uh, in the associations um, overall, although that's increasing too. So the membership's going up. It's not all just gloom and doom. I mean, there there are a lot of right. things happening. And kudos to the people that are working their butts off. You know, Absolutely. But they are getting overwhelmed, and it's probably not sustainable. So I just implore everyone to please join your association. And like you mentioned before I go into this, the committees. There are, I'm on a committee with ASNI, um, and it's, you know, it's a little bit more of a bite-sized way of being involved. Maybe you'll be on a specific task or project that is not, um, it's not in, it's like, it has an endpoint, you know, like, here's a, here's a task, please do this, please help with this, okay, good. So you're not biting off more than you can chew necessarily, but we all can squeeze out a few more hours, I, I think, I don't want to speak for everybody, but um, specialization, I'm going to move to that, yes. because that is one way that we can really make an impact because it also, it's kind of, uh, how do I want to put this? Um, it goes along with what you were saying before with the need to be the experts. Yes. And by specializing, okay, so here's what's probably going to happen. Um, medical doctors are probably more than willing to refer their patients in their practices. We, we, we some of us have really good relationships with uh, you know, practices in the in the community, and then we get referrals. What happens when they get nurses in their clinic doing the ac offering the acupuncture? Absolutely. See, so this can hurt private practices. Yes. Okay, so how do we get around that? Well, you really have to tighten up your game here. You really have to like buckle down and become a serious specialist and really start taking education and training serious. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, that already do. But there are many many acupuncturists who won't do it. And that's not good for our field either. Um, but start thinking about specializing. I mean, I see people come out of school. I think a lot of people do this. I'm sure I did at some point. But you think you can treat 20 different diseases or conditions, right? And so you're a specialist. I specialize in this, 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 this. this. Where is that ever done? Like, even in Chinese medicine, Right. Yes, you can treat a, a, a huge range of conditions. And to do that with herbal medicine, your diagnostics have to be, uh, you know, have to be really tight. Yes. But generally speaking, especially with acupuncture, absolutely, orthopedics are different than treating other conditions. You can specialize in neurological conditions. You can specialize in concussion and TBIs. TMJ, it's huge. TMJ, TMJ is huge. Huge. <laughs> no, what you got at school is not enough. Okay, let's just say that right now. What you got in school is not enough to handle what you're going to see in your clinic. I can assure you of that. Absolutely. And there are some schools that are better than others, but pretty much for 95% of them, the status quo is, is not that great. It just gives you the basics. So specializing is huge. Emily, you talk to some patients, you... You uh, asked a lot of different people um, about conditions that they would come in for, because you were trying to get an idea of, about this, I think, anyway, but I don't yeah. speak for you. What, what did you find and what, what did you ask? 
Yes. So I asked patients, other colleagues. I did a little Facebook questionnaire on our Chinese medicine networks uh, forum and said, you know, according to your opinion, to other practitioners. And I, and this is all just anecdotal. This is just for me asking my patients, what concerns you as you go through life for your health? Like what are the top three areas? And I, I have, a, I have a list of what they told me. Number one was digestive issues, um, cancer support, obviously pain, inflammation, stress and anxiety, and sleeping issues, trouble sleeping. That's it. That is huge. I think Americans, they're just, they're, they're stressed out. They may not sleep too well. Um, they have many different, you know, hats that they're wearing. You know, you know, and, and so people just, they just need some time to seriously check out. <laughs> and I think just from gathering, and I talked to Chris Valesky, he said, I think the future is Chinese medicine. And even when I was at Bob oh. Doan's oh. clinic, he said to me, Bob Doan said, you know, if, if this modern, he, he was involved with modern acupuncture at the time. I don't know what it is now. I, I have no idea, but, which was this, you know, basically not working with insurance, little clinics that would pop up and you just pay, I don't know, 40 to $60. Please don't quote me. I don't know. And, you know, going for a treatment, very nice. And yeah. now, yeah. you know, uh, and he said to me, you know, as acupuncture is provided all over, it's Chinese medicine. I remember yeah. you told me. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I'm not even an herbalist by, uh, you know, I, I didn't take the herbal program at the time. But I believe it is. It really is. Because, I mean, yes, you can specialize in acupuncture, and you absolutely should, especially within the realm, like, again, neuroorthopedics, things like that. But Absolutely. Chinese medicine, and, and, and a lot of, this is another area that can be a little bit, you know, um, contentious, but basically Chinese medicine is, is Chinese herbal medicine for internal conditions, especially for pain mm -hmm. as well. And mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing what can be accomplished by it with, with, with Chinese medicine. But that's going to have to be, because really, like you said, look, everybody's going to be doing acupuncture. Yes, you can separate, you can, uh, distinguish yourself from others by extra training, by specializing. But if you're an herbalist, now is the time to really get, get your herbal game together and really start to, to right, improve it. I mean, you're an herbalist, and it's amazing what can be accomplished with herbal medicine. And, yes, you'll have acupuncturists. Oh, I can, I can treat endometriosis and fibroids and, you know, every internal condition with acupuncture only. I'm not seeing the case studies on the groups. Like if you have some incredible, I see a lot of case studies for acupuncture with pain mm -hmm. and orthopedics, mm -hmm. neurological conditions. You see case studies for those things people post on the group. I don't see anybody posting, you know, well, I treated somebody for three years for this one condition with acupuncture and they're, you know, they feel more relaxed. That's not going to cut it. Herbal medicine is where it's at. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, I'm sure. But Hey, I'm an acupuncturist, and acupuncture is incredible. But Emily, you know, everybody's going to get acupuncture in their scope at some point or another. We're going to fight yeah. it as long as possible. And again, I should probably not be so negative. If, but, if you even had a clinic just specializing in, and I'm just throwing this out there, TMJ, 
or it was a focusing on sleep, for example. It doesn't matter your tools. It's that you're known as someone in your community as a sleep specialist. You help people to sleep better. Yeah. That is how we have to go with branding. So it's less of what acupuncture, but more of what you do. And that is how we must navigate with our profession is saying, so are you, what do you do? Oh, you you help people sleep. Well, oh, cool. I want to, I need to, I'm having the worst time sleeping. What, oh, oh, what is it you do? Oh, I practice acupuncture in Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Sign me up. But there was the sleep that got them. It was the TMJ that got them. It was, it was, it was what that practitioner has chosen to, to become known for in their community. So rather than acupuncture, your tool it's what do you do right and and that is very important and also to say yes i do dry needling i'm certified in dry needling so for example last weekend i had a videographer come into my clinic we do a one minute business uh business card quote unquote i'll be placing it on my website i'm going to be doing three one minute videos one on why come and see me and work with me two the um pulse diagnosis that I specialize in and the Chinese herbal medicine and, and three talking about, Oh, I'm also certified. Uh, I'm a certified, I'm certified in dry needling. Some people don't know that some people do. People call me up and say, do you practice dry needling? I say, yes. Yeah. What what, do you want to be right? Or do you want a patient? Yeah. I don't even, I don't, there (laughs) is no debate. There is no nothing. I say, yes, I do. And so then that person's going to tell the, their friend, oh, yeah, she, also, she does this, and she does acupuncture, and she just, so it's like this one-stop shop. So this is not about necessarily the fight in that way. It's about saying, yeah, I do that too. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am certified in that. It's under my scope of practice, and I'm going to eventually, Washington State, I'm hoping that we get to, you know, order labs, things like that. You don't have to practice Chinese herbal medicine, and you don't have to just practice what I'm saying is defining who you are and what is it that you do, not necessarily how you do it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really good point. And to back up uh, a little bit to what I was saying, um, let's. It, well, that's a really good point because let's not even focus. If you're if you're freaking awesome with acupuncture, and you're getting everybody better who's got fibroids, who has some type of condition then you best be telling everybody you're the specialist. Yeah. I mean, my personal belief is that herbal medicine is hugely important, way underutilized in this field, way underutilized. And and we know the reasons why. We've been through it. Oh, it's hard to explain it to patients. It's hard to, you know, tell patients what you, well, people are doing it. Do what they're doing. Do what Chris Valesky is doing and you're doing and others are doing who have figured it out. Because yeah. a lot of it's just a few tweaks, and the next thing you know, your confidence is is up there, and that's exuding and, and getting to the patient. And then they're on board with what you want to do. So, yes, things are difficult, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that you should throw all of your training down the drain. And you're, you yeah. get all that herbal training, and 10% of your patients are on herbs, and they're not even committed. Right. Well, that's not acceptable. There's enough yeah. people out there doing it. You can learn from them. Absolutely. Um, but, that's a side note, but yeah, I agree. What is it that you're a specialist in? That's a great way to put it. Stop putting out the services that you do. Start putting out what it is that you 
can help with. Yes, and I'm going to SEO the living you know what out of my one minute videos on mm -hmm. dry needling <laughs> yeah. Yeah. before the PTs do. And that's what I'm gonna do. Yes, I also do that. Oh, fantastic, yeah. sign me up, you know? We know, we know dry needling is acupuncture, of course yeah. it is. But it's, you know, and people will say, well, why call it dry needling then? Well, then why do you say that you use distal acupuncture, Dr. Tan, yeah. oh, I, you know, oh, yeah. because it's a, it's a system, a subsystem. Yeah. I just say, you know, it, it's, it's, they just didn't call it 5,000 years ago. It's a technique of acupuncture. And all oh, patients are like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, and they then they for their friends. And then they come over and see me. And I say, great. They, do they care if it's dry needling? Not really. No. They just have an association with it because the PTs have done an incredible job of educating the public about what it is. And that's the difference. And we, yeah. we, we get to, now we get to say, yeah, you know what? We do that too. And, well, and you know, Emily, why are people Chinese medicine network seminars? <laughs> <laughs> we, why are people calling and asking for dry needling? Not every patient who's ever gone to a PT for dry needling had a bad experience. That's yeah. why you can't harp on that. Yeah. Oh, PTs are going to hurt you. Really? Then why is why are so many acupuncturists getting calls asking for dry needling? Because it worked on someone. Yeah. Yeah. And you have more tools. Yes, I do dry needling. Come in. I'm going to use whatever I feel is relevant to your situation. I so, might use motor points. I might use distal. I might use a scar treatments. I might, you know what I mean? But and that's, that's the why they need to come to us because we have all of that already under our scope of practice to offer. Yeah. It's just that the PTs did a really phenomenal job defining what they do and educating the public. And that is what we get to do now and say, guess what? You know what? That's one other thing that I get to do. And I get to do all this other cool stuff as well. Come see yeah, me. We do know? have a, we, right. We have a lot more tools. We have a lot more education. We have a lot more ability. Absolutely. And so, 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 so this is, I think it's really positive here. It's just more or less about facilitating those types of, you know, how we educate people. And, and also in the specialty of Chinese medicine, nobody has to just go and just, like you were saying, oh, I'm not practicing acupuncture anymore. Just say, say I'm, you know, I'm a sleep specialist. I specialize in TMJ. I specialize in ankle pain. I specialize in this and that. You don't have to say, and, you know, I'm a licensed acupuncture. I do it with acupuncture, you know. Mm -hmm. So people hear, oh, what is that person really good at? Bam, Emily does that, you mm -hmm. know. They don't think necessarily the acupuncture component oh at the end of the day <laughs> patients are not seeking out acupuncture they're seeking out a solution to their problem and and it's the person who they resonate with as well well definitely definitely that yeah absolutely and i think that's where we also have an advantage is is as uh practitioners you know we're we are we are oh, educated i would say bred to be very understanding good listeners want to help not saying that other professions don't but i think you know we do we have to do a lot of palpation too you know and some people to, yep. you know we they just <laughs> they're in pain all the time they never had their back examined you know? I know how many times have you had that happen you put your hand on the patient they're like really yeah they never I, had their back looked at they were just prescribed pain meds they don't feel like they're, they were listened to. So there's something that we can really provide. And I have to tell you this, Josh, I'm really happy as a business owner of, when it comes to passive income and like Chinese herbs, I have to tell you, it's mm -hmm. awesome. You know, yeah. when I get someone who's, who really feels better, I had a patient, she came in, um, I, she, she specifically said, I want to come to you because I heard you make custom formulas. It's not just about 
buying a supplement. I said, yeah. So I took her pulse, this and that, gave her herbs. She called me the next day. She said, is this stuff supposed to work as fast as it does? <laughs> I said, yes. Okay. And she was thrilled. And guess what? She told her friends, this mm-hmm. and that. She was so thrilled. She's been to all these other type of practitioners. This isn't saying, I don't, I say, and I say to all of my patients, I don't cure anything. I just help the body to function better. Yeah. And if any practitioner who ever listens to this has, has a question with how um, I go out and how I market myself or anything, they're welcome to come to a fair where I'm at and how I talk to people. Because sometimes I can't take the pulse at a fair that I'm at and it's in and out in terms of me interacting with people. But I have learned a lot of um, ways to connect with people, one-liners about what, it, what is it that you do? Because the average American has a three to seven second attention span anyway, including myself. So mm-hmm. things have to be really interesting um, and inviting and encouraging to want to call me to help them. So I would say that I love what I do. I feel very, very uh, blessed that I get to practice in a way I wouldn't ever, ever, ever just want to do one or the other, quite frankly. And in terms of Chinese medicine or acupuncture, I, I love that I get to do, that I get to do a, a mix of it all. And at different points in times, I've just done herbs, you know, and I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And other times I do acupuncture and then it will shift. But also my, my theme now is about reducing inflammation overall. The number one cause of all diseases is inflammation. Americans really understand that. Reducing stress, right? People really get that. And they say, I want to go to her because that I resonate with. You know, also, I mean, I'm a sufferer of TMJ, so this is the, you know, how many times have I brought this up, but TMJ is going to be my thing as well. But having those little business videos on my website that says, why would you come to me, my training, what I'm certified in, what do I address? And, and, and so that people kind of get it, they get educated in three minutes about what I do. Yeah, you have to have your elevator speech, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, you, uh, did you check out Anthony's TMJ webinar? No, that is actually on my list, and I'm so excited. It's it's so good. It just, I'm sure it is. It's like everything else. Teacher, the most wonderful, just genuine. Well, I should say everybody at Chinese Medicine Networks, you know, is 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 like that. They they. I they, hope so. They better be. <laughs> they come. They are. They come from a place of truly wanting to teach, elevate the profession, yeah. and come together as a community, and that's what I want in each state, you know, that's, is that's, that, yeah, that's our is that there's, there's more, there's less acupuncturists practicing than there are people. Are, I, I, sorry, I'm saying this wrong. There's more, we should actually be referring to one another mm-hmm. rather than seeing them as competition because there's oh, less absolutely. us than there are Western medicine practitioners that will be practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. if you think about it, I can't do everything, nor do I want to. And I take a lot of pride in that. I'm like, uh, I'm not good with that. And I want to okay. refer to this practitioner that is really phenomenal. And I do, because it's important to me that I can really stand by what I feel I, I, I can really help a person with and what is just not really my thing that I'm not so great at, which is totally okay with me. Because I want each person to have a really positive impact when they go and see an acupuncturist. Absolutely. 
but then they keep telling to then that grows in terms of the overall education of the public. I think we're getting past it. And I really hope that continues where people are not seen as competition. People are not so suspicious of each other. And I think maybe, I hope the group has helped with that a little bit. You know, we're over 7,200 members now, but I really hope that people say, hey, yeah, it's okay. It's okay not to, not to try to be Dr. Jesus and heal everybody mm-hmm. and everything that comes through the door. I can refer out. And I can actually refer out to another Chinese medicine practitioner. It's okay. And it's for the bad. It's for the best, for the better, I should say. I don't know, whatever. Yes. Um, another aspect where we really do shine is lifestyle um education around just just habits so me smoking in my clinic wasn't a good idea (laughs) like there were camels there were number one preferred recommended cigarette by medical doctors in the 1950s (laughs) they walk in i'm just there with a smoke and i got on my monster energy drink (laughs) no or you could say i want to take advice from me well well, I mean, I I just think that lifestyle prevent or not, I don't know what you call it, prevent awareness. We really excel at that, and we actually yeah. in the term, in the world of insurance, we don't bill for that. We should, and we do a lot of counseling and a lot of uh, nutritional consulting, a lot of um, lifestyle recommendations, and that is also something that a person can really. Uh, start to specialize in. Yeah. And, and, and it's, yeah. As, as broad as it may sound, like, for example, Sandra's Qigong videos, fantastic. You mm. could do a class on Qigong. Nobody else does that, you know. Uh, it, you know, in terms of a Western medicine professional, they are totally freaked out about Chinese herbs and, yeah. you know, don't know my, I, I shouldn't say that freaked out, but they're like, oh, acupuncture, okay, there's a lot of research. Well, there's a lot of research around herbal medicine. It just may not fit the paradigm of Western medical uh, testing, right? Well, you're up against big pharma, too, so they're always on the lookout. But absolutely, and it's not necessarily one herb. It's also about the, the combinations of herbs, but Western medicine paradigm for what is considered truth is you isolate one constituent or one thing. So right. sometimes the Chinese medicine, herbal medicine model, may not be the best fit. Sometimes, yes, in terms of when you want to define you know, this, this has been, you know, medically effective and such and such, you know, it's just about a paradigm shift as well, which is also what the president of WAM was talking to me about. She said, you know, we just have to be seen as something very complimentary, but also very different. And that you can't just say herbs are dangerous when you're only looking from it from one angle. Well, yeah, if you took 20 grams, you know, of Da Hong, of course, you're going to not be very happy. You know? Right. But it, again, the education and I, I think we're at a really very positive place for people to come together and to really redefine why you go to see someone like me or yourself, Josh, and, and why you would do that. It's really, it's, it's, you can either flip it and say, I'm, cause I went through it. I was in total despair. Oh my God, I worked so hard. I feel like I just got stomped on yep. and then flip it and say, you know what? People are still going to come to me no matter what, because of who I am. Also, people are going to come to me because 
of my skills and people will totally recognize the difference. So now we're going to be seeing, we're going to, we're going to educate the public, everyone that we are the Nordstrom's, not the Ross. The Norsemen, the Vikings? No, the Nord, <laughs> the Nordstrom's. Oh, the Nordstrom's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, you can say, uh, or whatever department store you want to, you want to place in there. And there that's are, like the gold standard though, right? For Yeah. There are consumers that prefer that. There are so many people walking around in this country that are sick, not feeling well. And all they need to know is to hear our message. People buy thousand dollar iPhones at a blink of an eye because they replace, because they put value on it. Mm-hmm. Americans, when they are educated, they put value on, on how they want to feel better. They literally will come crashing down the door. They, they just need to know that you are a value and that you meet that for them. And, and that is just the role of any sort of business nature out there. I mean, how many department stores sell the same, you know, clothes, right? Or, you know, you see fast food restaurants. I mean, it's still fast food, but how do you educate the public to differentiate what they like? There's plenty of people that want our services. They just don't know it yet that it's a value to them. And so as we are seeing as this level of you go to this person because they're really going to teach you how to live your life better. It's not just going to be this poke and pray type of uh, experience. Holly's Law, New Jersey. Sorry about that. That's okay. I was trying to look up another reference that I had, Emily. I had another. Holly's Law. All right, never mind. (laughs) I'm not going to find that, I guess. I was trying to pull up another thing I found online. Something you said reminded me of it. Sorry about that. Not going to be able to. Yeah, I just think we're in a really, the other way to shift it is say we're in a really incredible place to, to really define what it is that we do. And, and and to reach people who really want to come see us. This is, this is you know, it's a maybe it's an interesting dichotomy, but it's one of the more we're being tested a lot in this field, you know, in in the professional landscape. But it's also one of the best times to be involved. Yes, there's so much information out there. Um, there are so many ways that you can get what you need. To, to better yourself, to better your practice and everything. So it's really a great time to be in the field. A hell of a lot better than when I graduated, you know, in 2002. Yes. Um, but people are coming together more, which is really important. I think it was, you know, uh, a group that brings people together, uh, whether it's ours or another one, is a good thing. You know, yes. it brings the profession together. We exchange ideas. We, you know, we're not so isolated. We really do have to step up and start, um, you know, becoming even more involved in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Not only in personal, and, and I will put this on ourselves, uh, you know, I will, do, I will say this, which is going to put it back on us as practitioners. We can do better. We can do a heck of a lot better, um, especially given everything that's out there. So getting jaded or getting cynical or, you know, this, this, uh, this injustice that's happening, this is terrible, it's, just, it's so unfair, right? All this stuff, that's not going to get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I hope today we were able to, you know, again, not be all, you know, doom and gloom, but maybe there's a silver lining here. 
There is. And then some. There's even more than that. This is a really, really good time. We just have to stay ahead of the curve. You don't want to get caught with your pants down. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? Or maybe you're, you're a little twisted and you do want to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what world you're in. Well, I think at the end, it's really about, is this where your bread and butter is coming from? And if you really, if this really is where this is sustaining your family and this is important to you, and, and maybe, maybe it isn't. And that's okay too. If you have a spouse or in a situation where um, your patient influx is not as important, it, it doesn't matter. Nevertheless, our, our role, we get to define and not let others define us anymore. That's, that's huge. And that was something that Callie brought up in the podcast. Um, Callie Guyman, uh, she's a lobbyist. And, you know, she, boy, that hit home too. And I think that was the one thing. I don't know if we talked about that at that seminar that you're at, but I think we did. We brought up the fact that other professions are making decisions on our profession for us. In other words, you know, how it's going to be portrayed, uh, laws that are going to uh, allow it to be practiced, uh, 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 you know, getting it accepted in the mainstream, um, er infringing on scopes. Everybody's defining what it is that we went to school for and what we've worked hard for and what we're licensed to do. That's insane. Why are we not at the table? Well, we're not at the table because out of 1,600 acupuncturists in Washington State, 270 are members of their association. Mm-hmm. association. And it's, it's even more, it's grim in other states as well. Yeah. Better, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, you know, as a disclaimer, say it is getting a little bit better, but it depends on what state you're talking about. We still have three states with no acupuncture license. Yeah. There, are, there are people in these states just doing acupuncture, anybody. And there are other acupuncturists who stood by and let that happen. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm sorry, it's not okay if a mechanic starts practicing down the street. Hey, come on in, let's join our association, it's okay. How is that even acceptable? Right. How is that complacency acceptable? So let's, talk, let's turn it on, the mirror, let's look in the mirror and see what's going on that we can change. And there are a lot of things that we can do to prepare for what's coming, specializing, focusing back on herbal medicine or Thousands of practitioners trained in that. There are still programs that you can do, but you don't have to. You can still specialize in acupuncture, as we talked about before. Absolutely. You just say, "Oh yeah, I'm a. I, I specialize in this." Yeah. Damn. I, I have a. There's a lady in in my community. She she specializes in fertility, and guess what? I refer to her. Because <laughs> fertility is not your. It's not your bag. It. You know, it's okay. It's just not my thing, really. And I'm like, yeah, I refer to her. She is known for that, and she has spent. She has educated the public and doctors who refer to her as well. So that's fantastic. We can do that in other areas too. And, and, it's, and, and even though the PTs will say, well, this is how we want to do it, they've defined it. The nurses, at least in Washington State, we're not quite sure yet. But this will be a very interesting outcome in Washington. And, and, and I'm so thankful that the WEAMA board is involved to say, hey, how are you defining what you do and how your training is? And then tell us about that. Because they basically just said, we're doing it, you know. Well, I mean, Emily, I don't want to be preachy. Maybe maybe I'm coming, maybe we're coming off that way. Or I'm, hey, I was where, I was in the same boat as everyone else was. I was not involved. Yeah. 
you know, and at some point, everybody was not involved. And then at some point, people get involved. So it's not, it's not about lecturing or preaching. It's about gathering up the troops. Let's get together. Let's do this. Yes. And, and I think just like in all human experiences, once it becomes a, something challenging, becomes a part of your daily life or affects your ability to feed your family or, or, or affect how your, your trade or your passion, then you become involved because it affected you. And, it, and sometimes it's just a question of timing and it's never any judgment because at all, and I don't think it's preachy at all. This is just, uh, this, this podcast is really just about encouraging that they're out of this, what's going on. There are incredible opportunities here for us to really take charge in a way to where we are seen um, in a, in, as experts and in a different light. So we can take it and flip it. And you're not going to be alone. It's not this, oh, I got to do all this. I mean, I had that moment. I said, you know what? I have a huge patient population already. Mm-hmm. I can talk to them and they talk to me and they talk to their family. I mean, I would say 80 to 90% of my referrals are, are, are word of mouth. That's a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place to be because people talk. And guess what? Oh my gosh, now she's specializing in this. Boom, 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 boom. I had no idea that you did that. Oh my gosh, you have an herbal medicine pharmacy. There's so much that people, they want to come and, and, and to feel better. And I just, I am in control of defining what it is that I can help them with. Right. So I really want people to leave this podcast as a sense of that there's a sense of camaraderie, that there's a sense of, yes, it's possible. And anyone can always reach out and, and call me if they ever have any questions, uh, anything, because I, 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 just, I just want to help people. And I love this medicine. I am totally in love with it. I just think it's the coolest stuff ever. You know, I love the seminars, the Chinese medicine that works, you know, does I'm not probably be, you know, one of those, you know, junkies of Chinese medicine that works seminar people. It happens. It does. And it's also, but about the teachers and also the camaraderie. And I really, as a sole practitioner, I just felt, I just really needed to feel like I was a part of something. And this is where, just even from communicating with the other WIAMA board members, wow, people are doing some amazing things. We may not hear about it on a day-to-day event or even in our media, which is really focused on not creating unity. Mm -hmm. Uh, But wow, there are people that do incredible things on a day-to-day basis for for the betterment of our profession. They do. They really do. And there's and and they could use more help. And you know, going back to something I said before, where it's inevitable that some of these other uh, professions will encroach on our scope. What's really inevitable is that they'll keep trying. And oh, we absolutely! Have to keep fighting. And, we have not given up by any. And no, yeah. It's just like all politics. You can't fall asleep. <laughs> you cannot fall asleep. So while I said, you know, while I in a negative, you know, moment, I said it's inevitable. It's really not. Florida doing great work. They held off dry needling. New York has managed to hold off dry needling with PTs I'm talking about, you know. Yes. Um, Washington State has so far. Um, it's def- The thing that's frustrating, though, Emily, the thing that's really frustrating and it's easy to get is that 
like the the numbers of member the membership numbers. I mean, we just need more people involved, and it gets to the point where you just uh, what else can you do? Does does anybody not? You know, I've I've talked to people. Oh, Florida stopped trying to like. Oh, okay, whatever. Hey, I think that's a hell of a victory. I think that's that a is I love that. And now the majority of people certainly agree, but there are very apathetic uh, practitioners out there. But if we can just get the ones, you know, some more practitioners motivated, we can make an even more impact. Absolutely. And, you know, so, but like we were saying before, just as to wrap it up, it's a multi-pronged approach, okay? Encroachment's happening. We may not be able to fight off every single profession from getting acupuncture in their scope. Um, we'll, keep, we'll keep defending. But we can also keep them, hold them to task, hold them accountable, not just say, hey, I practice acupuncture like in Washington. Well, you have to first define that, what that is. And then you have an idea of what it is you're, you're, you're trying to um, defend or go up against, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, so, so there's that approach. There's the fact that we need more recognition at the national level. We need to be involved in more hospitals. We need to be hired by the DOD. We need more jobs at the VA. You know, um, like, do you really want chiropractors, chiropractors who are certified in acupuncture or aren't, to to go to the VA and then just they call the shots on acupuncture, you know, on how the VA utilizes acupuncture. Right. Oh, no, we don't want that. So there are multiple things that we need to get involved with, whether it's how we change our own practice, how we approach our own practice through specialization, or whether it's through these other national efforts or state efforts. Just get involved because there's so much not only protecting our scope, but expanding our scopes. So that's the summary of what this podcast, I hope, uh, you know, conveyed and, and, and I hope we discussed. I don't want to beat it to death, but, you know. Oh, and it will increase a person's revenue and their opportunities. And that's what we want. That's what we want. We want more opportunities. It's mm-hmm. not only about us. It's about the field. I mean, it is obviously to an extent about us, but it's even greater than that. So I hope that that's what we kind of accomplished. Um, in being serious and, and really taking these things head on and not sugarcoating them, you always run the risk of being like, oh, God, Debbie Downer, you know, negative, whatever. But, um, hey, that's reality. You're either going to sit there and give up or you're going you're gonna to fight. Which is it? What do you choose to do? Yeah. We're in this and we're not going anywhere. We're going to be at it, at it for however long it takes. That's the stance of Chinese medicine that works out. Absolutely. And we, we am, a, I mean, when I got off the phone with them, they said, well, first things first, we are increasing our membership. And I said, okay, Good. can you send me a list of practitioners in my area? And I can uh, connect with them and say, how do I, what should I say? <laughs> and they said, well, maybe we'll develop a postcard of like three three things to mail out to them. Cause we did an email blast in my area to get people to join the, the Eastern part of Wiyama or like a different parts of the state to where we have Western side, Eastern side, you know, join. And so we'll have like virtual meetings, you know, um, I don't know how many times a year or once a year, mm-hmm. but you know, creating more of a presence. So we said, okay, we're going to increase membership. How do we do it? Either do a mailing or I go and I call them. So they said they would send me a list, um, you know, to see, and then, and then they would say, well, this is what we'd like for you to say, or why it's important to join your state association. First things first, get the representation. So that's number one, um, that I'll be, um, I will be helping Weanna to do over at least where I, I live. And I, I really am looking forward to it. Awesome. 
just like anything, people don't know. And guess what? I found out during a Chinese Medicine at Work seminar about what was going on in my own state. I had no idea. It's not necessarily Wiam's fault no, at all. No, there's a lot it, going on it, in people's it's lives. That, it's that I didn't know. And wow, how, how empowered I felt due to my frustration. I said, either I'm going to get super frustrated or I want to do something about it because I'm just going to be liver cheese stagnant girl over here. <laughs> and I really, really want to do something about this so that I feel better and taking that energy and moving it out instead of it just feeling frustrated. Awesome. So this is one component that someone can say, hey, do you know of people, you know, in, in my area that, that, you know, or you, you just Google it, you know, I even called up some of my colleagues and I said, in my area, I said, Are you, have you joined me? Anna? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, great. Okay. I called up, you know, a, a, a colleague of mine in Seattle. I said, have you joined me? Anna? He said, yes. I said, great. So all the people that I personally know, you know, um, you know, have joined. And the second one is uh, I look forward to meeting those people and, and giving them encouraging information about why it would be important. This is not about like you must or like making right, something right. that. How it's, dare you? Get on board. Let's do this, right? Yeah. It's, again, it's about creating that camaraderie and, and establishing that because that's what I want is to have, you know, community statewide, community nationwide and saying, great, you know, fantastic. We are here together so that we can practice what we love. I just love w what, what we do. It's wonderful. It changed my life. That's why I did it. You know, mm -hmm. That's why I'm licensed. I had no idea I was going to do this, but it, I just love being able to do what I get to do. So here we are. Here we are. And I, you know, I hope a couple of people listen to this and, and say, hey, yeah, I'm getting involved. What, I, whatever that means to you. Yes. It's much appreciated. Everybody who is involved, Thank you. Uh, a lot of great people out there. And, and we'll keep harping on this. That's all you can do. Just like, you know, it never ends. So we will have more podcasts on this. And uh, Emily, I really thank you for coming on. Thanks for helping out with your association. That's pretty awesome. Well, they're, really cool. they are just doing wonderful work. And the more I was able to, to understand, I said, what they need, the more I said, okay, great. I, I can totally, you know, do that. And they were so excited. And again, I haven't ever met them in person yet. And I'm just so thankful that they have been doing this for so many years, you know, for, for the benefit for me to practice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So I, it, the pleasure is all mine, you know, and I think once you feel like you can do something about something, it actually becomes more invigorating rather than like down, you know? So. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Right. It's more empowering. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to sit there and, 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 and be the victim. Uh, well, ah, I can't live like that. No. Oh, God. No. So let's, let's all get involved. And, and, you know, if you have anything that you want to add on the group, to anybody listening, Chinese Medicine Network's Facebook group. This was a Chinese Medicine Network's podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and free and paid content, visit AccuVids.com. And make sure to join our Facebook group. Just search Chinese Medicine That Works. Thank you all for listening.